Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. In the book of Isaiah, the book of Isaiah is called the gospel of the Old Testament. There is no other book in the Old Testament that is as clear about the coming of Jesus than the book of Isaiah. The book of Isaiah almost names him because of the vivid detail at which it describes our Savior from a prophetic standpoint. The book of Isaiah is a book at which we see the purpose, the plan, and the roles of our Savior, Jesus Christ. And so today, we just want to shine a spotlight on one verse out of this great book, the Gospel of the Old Testament. Verse 6 opens and says, For unto us a child is born. Unto us a child is born. The, the whole idea of this particular passage is an extension of another name of Jesus. And that name is Emmanuel, which means God with us. Up to this point and in New Testament scriptures, God still seemed to be afar off to the people for the most part. As we studied in Sunday school this morning, the Holy Ghost did come upon people, but he was not poured out to all flesh. He would come on some for the purposes of empowering them to do ministry, in particular revelation and prophecy, of leading in particular avenues as the Lord would do, but not upon all flesh. The Spirit had not come, as Ephesians says, and became the seal until the day of redemption. But in the Old Testament, he was still working in illuminating Scripture. So here in this text, we see, for unto us a child is born. He's alluding to the birth of Jesus Christ as a defenseless baby. Oh, how Jesus being born as a baby confounds the wise. All those who would have thought Jesus would have come with great armies and he would have come with much power and fanfare. But the Lord always confounds the wise and gives grace to the humble. And that he brought his son into this world as a humble baby who didn't even have room in the end who was born in a manger and wrapped in swaddling clothes. The Bible teaches us that Jesus grew up in poverty. Yes, his dad was a carpenter, but because of the amount of children they had and the money that he could make as a carpenter, they were poor. This allows us to see Jesus Christ as one who knows everyone's condition. As the King of kings and the Lords of Lords, he knows the riches. But as the little baby Jesus, he knows what it's like to be poor. The Bible says he came so that he would be among us. 
among those who have been pushed aside, among those who have been looked over, that's where Jesus is. Jesus says, when you have done it to the least of these, you have done it to me. See, Jesus, when you find Jesus, you find Jesus where needs are. When we saw Jesus walking the streets of Jerusalem, he was going to city to city to village to village taking care of needs. And the book of Hebrews says, let us go out to Jesus. So that's where we have to be, where the needs are. And there we will see Jesus. Because even in his birth, we see Jesus in a place of need. And so as we continue with this text, we see that it says, unto us a son is given. A son of the living God, who's not like just any other man, but he's 100% God and 100% man. But this son did not come from the loins of a man and a woman, but came by the Holy Spirit through a virgin. And so he is the son of God. He is 100% man, but also 100% God. And this son would be the son who would take our place eventually on a cross to die for our sins. His position as son is also a position as savior and as Lord. He is the savior of the world that he took his body and it was punished for us. So that we might have the right to be the righteousness of God in him. So when we look at this text, we see in the next portion of it that we see, and the government will be upon his shoulder. Even though Jesus came as a poor defenseless baby, even though he came that in his human, he was still God. And so while we're seeing this little defenseless baby born in a manger, he's still the creator. He still holds the stars in their sockets. He still kept the planets in their orbits. He still kept solar systems intact and the energy that propels them in motion. A son is given and the government would be on his shoulders. It's not like a government from the perspective of what we see as the U.S. government or the Russian government or the Chinese government. But this term talks about his dominion, his power and authority over all things. Because even though he came as a baby and he was wrapped in the flesh of men, he's still God. And the Bible says in John, in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God and the word was God. And in that 14 verse it said, and the word became flesh. And we know him as Jesus. So the world has always been in his hands. And so as we look at this text, it goes on to begin to teach us that his name will be called. And it gives us a list of names. This name that we're talking about here does not refer to his proper name, but refers to the attributes of this child, of this son. 
So we see already that his government, that he has dominion over all things. There is nothing that's happening in this world that Jesus does not have under his control. He's not sitting up in heaven, wringing his fingers, wringing his hands, wondering what the next moment is going to bring. He's got it all under control. And not only did he have it then, he had it even when he was a baby. Because he is the creator of the world. So in this text, it says, wonderful, counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, and the prince of peace. This first two terms, wonderful and counselor, should really be one, and it should be wonderful counselor. So it talks about the attributes of God as a counselor. That his counsel is wonderful. His counsel is extremely good. Beyond and beyond anything else that anyone can do. I know my daddy was wise and he lived a long time. But there was some counsel that I needed that could only come from the Lord. Because when we as humans can't see around the curve and around the bend, Jesus can. So this is encouragement to us to realize when we are going through situations that we need a decision made. We need to understand which way to go. It's good to get counsel from other human beings because the Bible clearly says there is wisdom in a multitude of counselors. But first and foremost, we want to go to the extremely good counselor. And his name is Jesus. Because he can see everything all at once. He can see around the bends and around the corners and the unexpected things that man cannot he sees the end before it's even reached by us. He sees the end and the beginning. But I know in the times of travail and toughness, we want to look to other people that we can see to get our counsel. But for us as believers, we must go back to the basics and realize that we must go to the Lord first. Because men's counsel can fail, but God never fails. Now, when we look at this text, it says that he's mighty God. The arm of the Lord cannot be stopped. No matter what principalities and powers come up against him, he will succeed. There is nothing that can stop the Lord. He says, if God be for us, then who can be against us? Can poverty stop the Lord? No. Can Satan stop the Lord? No. Can the world system stop the Lord? No. Because the Lord has all power in his hands. And we must realize that this Lord is our Lord. So when we go through these times of travail and trouble, and we deal with these situations that seem like there's no answer, we've got a God that has the power to make a way out of no way. When there doesn't seem to be a door, God can make a door. And so we must remember that for we can find rest in him. Instead of spinning in the middle of the room, we can realize that the Lord we serve is waiting and willing to hear our request. 
And he said, if we ask of him abiding in him, he will give it to us. So if we abide in him and he abides in us, anything we ask of him, he will give to us. Believing we shall, what? Receive. He is a mighty God. And then we go on to see that in his name is everlasting Father. Sometimes this scripture gets misinterpreted when they see these words everlasting Father. Some people build a doctrine believing that the Son and the Father are the same person because we know that this is pointing to Jesus. But these words everlasting Father do not mean what it appears to mean. It does not mean he's the everlasting in the role of father. What this means is that he is the creator of eternity. Everlasting father. He is the creator of eternity. So in other words, it's encouragement in knowing that Jesus has our future in his hands. Not just for tomorrow, not just for next week, not just for a few years down the road, but forever. Not just in this life, but the life to come. Jesus says, whomever the Father has given me, by no means will anyone pluck them out of my hand. That your life is safe with Jesus. And God has an eternal plan for each and every one of us. It does not matter what men do. It does not matter what the devil does. God's plan will be. God said, on this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against him. So as powerful as the imps and as powerful as Satan and his armies are, they will not prevail. So surely not governmental systems, not economic conditions, not health conditions, nothing can prevail against the Lord. He has not just today, not just the end of this life, but even into eternity is in his hands. He is the everlasting father. And then it says that he is the prince of peace. Every one of us needed peace. There was a time that we were far from the Lord and that we were set apart as children of wrath. But there came the prince of peace whose name is Jesus. The Bible says in himself is our peace. Because of Jesus' atoning work on the cross, he took down the walls of separation between us and God. That now we are no longer enemies of God, but we are now called his friend, and even more now his children, because of this prince of peace. And so today as I close on this message, I get happy in thinking about how good God has been. When I look over the year with all of the challenges and all of the things that have come before me, the things that I wondered how they would come about, I found that the Lord is committed to taking care of his children. He is the one who is wonderful. When I was looking at different situations and trying to figure a way out, that counselor, Jesus Christ, he was there and he was wonderful. He is a wonderful counselor. He is a mighty God. 
He is an everlasting father. He is the prince of peace. And I'm so glad to know today that he is the alpha and the omega. He is the beginning and the end. So what that tells me today, children, is no matter what I go through, Jesus is right there by my side. Wherever we go, whatever we do, we've got an advocate that has all power in his hand. That's good news, children. Because as we go through these days and challenges of life, we must know whether we have job or we have no job, that the Lord will be faithful to take care of our every need. He is no respecter of persons. What he's done for me, he will do for you. And I don't know about you today, but I'm looking toward a future where the Lord continues to bless and use everyone in this place to affect the people of this community. I've got a vision and a dream of what this church will do in the Marlboro community. Not of our own, but because Jesus is in us. Because of the power that only comes from him. If he'll take an old country boy from down in Texas, out in the fields plowing and planting corn, whose mind was far from the Lord, and he'll turn him around and place his feet on solid ground. If he can do that for me and bring me all the way to Kansas City and put me in the role of a minister. When I was a kid, I didn't think about God. I went to church, but I didn't understand a thing. But he is faithful to do what he said he would do. And he's done it in my life. And I know each and every one of you can say he's done it in your life too. So if he's done all he's already done, surely we can believe him to do more in our lives. But I'm so happy that over 2,000 years ago, that the boy, the little boy Jesus, who they found in the temple at age 12, confounding the wise leaders of the Jerusalem Council, that same Jesus walked the dusty streets of Jerusalem, giving sight to the blind, making dumb to talk, and lame men to walk. That same Jesus, after 18 
he would break down the temple, but then he would rebuild it in three days. Praise the name of the Lord. But after a 40 day layover, our Jesus and your Jesus went back to heaven. He stepped out on a cloud and now he's sitting at the right hand of the Father. And he's interceding for you and for me. Ain't that good news, children? That Jesus said he'd never leave us nor forsake us. And he's still looking out for us even today. So at this time, I want to open the doors of the church. If there's anyone here who does not know our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, you can get to know him today. You can come just as you are. The Lord is willing to save you just as you are. You don't have to get yourself together because he'll get you together. That's what he does. He delivers and he changes. If you don't know him today, get to know him today. Because you don't know if you got another minute. You don't know if you got another second. But you know that right now is the time for salvation. You can come to know the Lord today. There is a room at the cross for you. There is a room at the cross for you.
Praise the name of the Lord. None came, but there's still plenty of good room. Amen. 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 If all hearts and minds are clear, let us stand for our benediction. Amen. 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 Where he leads me, I will follow. Where he leads me. Thank you, Master, for another day in your sanctuary, Master. Lord, help us to remember, God, that you are the everlasting Father. You are the Prince of Peace. But not only that, you are a wonderful counselor and you are mighty God. No matter what we go through and no matter how the future may look, we know that it is in your hands. And because you said in your word that all things work together for the good, for those who love the Lord and are called according to your purpose. Lord, we thank you, Master, that it's already done. We can rest in knowing that you're going to take care of us no matter where we are. So, Master, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I ask that you bless the offering that we're about to give, oh God. Bless those who had it to give, Lord, and bless those who had it not, that they may be able to give at another time. And Lord, as we go from this place to our perspective homes, Lord, I ask that you put your holy hands around us, O oh God, and keep us from all hurt, harm, and danger. These things we ask in the blessed name of Jesus and the whole church saying, Please obey the ushers. Amen. <laughs> 